Hey everyone, welcome back to the Bike Portland podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Moss. In this episode, we take stock of the Portland Bike Plan for 2030. Haven't heard of it? Well, that's not all your fault. While it took a huge multi-year effort from hundreds of advocates, dozens of city staff, and several key elected officials to create the plan and get it adopted at city council back in 2010, it hasn't lived up to all of its hype and promise. Instead of making Portland a quote, healthy community with vibrant neighborhoods and bicycles everywhere, as proclaimed across the cover of the plan, it has been all but forgotten by city staff, and in at least one recent example, forgotten altogether. Meanwhile, Portland's bike ridership rates have remained relatively stagnant as the number of people driving cars has continued to climb. And to add salt in the wounds of bike advocates, in the past year or so, the plan has been actually snubbed several times. First, a presentation of a 10-year bike plan update at City Council was canceled at the last minute in September 2020, then never rescheduled. Then, a newly appointed transportation commissioner told the city's bicycle advisory committee earlier this summer that she'd never even heard of the plan. And then back in July, the director of PBOT, Portland's Bureau of Transportation, offered a pretty anemic response when a member of the committee tried to pin him down on a commitment to dust off the plan. That committee member was Katie Gould. Katie was co-chair of nonprofit bike advocacy group Bike Loud PDX when the group tried to resurrect the bike plan in early 2020, right before COVID changed everything and stopped their momentum. As made clear in her exchange with the PBOT director, which you'll hear later in this episode, Katie hasn't forgotten about the plan. I caught up with her a few days ago to ask if Portland's once vaunted bike plan is even worth saving. So bring me back to when you were um, you were actively involved with Bike Loud, and it, it felt to me as someone watching that group that the bike plan to you and to the organization more broadly, but to you specifically, this was a really important thing to focus on. Like what 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 about the bike plan and where it was? Uh, made it something that you really wanted to focus on when you were at Bike Loud? Well, I would say that it really kicked off uh, when Roger presented the draft report to the Bicycle Advisory Committee. I want to say that was in the fall of 2019, maybe October, so almost exactly two years ago from now. And uh, I knew the 23 bike plane was something that had existed, but people didn't really talk about it very much, so it seemed really dead. And all of a sudden, this progress report was coming out and I said, maybe maybe it's not dead. Maybe there is going to be some activity, emotion around this. Um, initially, we had some conversations with staff. Um, and the question is like, why now? There was supposed to be a five-year progress report, you know, four or five years ago. Um, I was thinking, did Commissioner Udaly ask for this? Maybe Chris Warner, he was newer at the time. You know, who's wanting this update? And I the responses that I heard was nobody nobody asked for the update. Um, this report was being made and now like years later, it's, it still hasn't gone to City Hall. Um, so yeah, it, it kicked off a series of conversations in Bike Loud of, great, we have this report. It's kind of this opportunity to have a conversation about what's going on with biking, about what's not going on with biking and what is the path forward from here. Um, and I think that's still the conversation that people are trying to have. And so you ended up as in, through through Bike Lab. Bike Lab came out with like a progress report, like a like a publication they put out, which which was a pretty impressive uh, report from such a, a scrappy group to put together and really hold hold Peabody accountable on this. Uh, I thought it was a good a good document. And you asked for several things in the bike plan. Bike Lab wanted more adherence to the actual adopted plans and policies. So when the project came up 
you were sort of saying, hey, you need to do what you said you were going to do and more transparency around that. Sounds like you, you all asked for uh, better neighborhood greenways, um, uh, more transparency around project delivery time. So there was a, a host of things. Was there any ever any follow up from PBOT on that stuff or did the onset of COVID just wipe that all out? So like what happened once that publication came out? Yeah. So I would say initially we got really good feedback. We were having meetings and follow-up meetings with Commissioner Udaly, who was really surprised to hear about the lack of progress in biking. Um, and it, frankly, they were just so agreeable. It was really off-putting. We're like, oh, what do we, what do we do next? At the time, there was a, um, a hearing on the calendar at City Hall where we're going to kind of have these conversations and we're talking about strategies and then COVID hit and uh, it took all the air out of the room. BikeLoud also like had reduced capacity to, you know, as people are trying to navigate all the changes in the world. We certainly heard that, you know, a lot of advocacy around this is needed. Um, but at the same time, you know, we weren't like BikeLoud, we weren't asking for the city to do a bunch of whole new things. We're just asking to implement the plans that have been previously adopted by city council. So one of the things that we asked for was an audit on project delivery times. This is such a huge issue, not just in Portland, all over, you know, and if you hear about, you know, infrastructure in the U.S. taking a long time and being really expensive to build, it's it often comes back to like environmental impact statements um, for big projects. But like, a, you know, city owned streets don't have to go through that process, but often these projects can take, you know, years, many years, over a decade to do. And it's uh you know, you read the IPCC report and it feels like we have such little time and changing the built environment, it just takes so much time. And it really burns out staff time and resources to have a project last six years instead of four, for instance. It also burns out like the advocates in the community. People move in, they, oh, I've never heard about this. <laughs> it's like, well, we've been presenting on this for 15 years now. Um, when you say an audit on project delivery times, what, what would that look like? I think it'd be nice to know to say 75% um, of all the city capital improvement projects take eight years or longer, or they were delayed by three years or more, right? Why is that? How can we cut down on the times? Where are the points in the process where we keep getting stuck and delayed? Because there's a lot of red tape that we need to, you know, just kind of in the way that you talk about developers, um, right, build, what are the barriers to building new homes in the city? We urgently need new homes. So how can we make that process easier to navigate? We need to do the same thing on the streets. Right. You're saying it would be more of like the city auditors, the city of Portland auditor's office could maybe do some like a report that would be really powerful. And it could just examine, say, four or five years of PBOT projects or two or three years of capital projects and, and just look at them and just lay it out. And, you know, were they on time? Were they not? Why? What were some of the issues? That would be really powerful. I never thought of it that way. I was I, in my head, I was thinking of it as like a PBOT internal thing, like they would just do a better job explaining. But if I think about it in terms of like the city auditor's office who regularly puts out reports about things like this, like, oh, we're not paving enough streets or, oh, you know, contracting to, you know, disadvantaged business enterprises is not is what it should be. So like if they did one on PBOT project delivery, hmm, that would be yeah. really... I think about it a lot of just how speeding up the timelines of projects would, it would just benefit everyone, right? It'd make the city look good. It would save us a bunch of money. We could get more done in the same amount of time. Um, and it's, it's kind of just hard to know where are the big snags. Is it this requirement to contract out projects that are over a certain size? Does that limit need to be adjusted so we can get things, you know, would that make a bunch of projects be done a year earlier? Um, 
you know, there's just like a lot of points in the process where I think there's opportunities to speed things up um, in terms of delivering these things. You know, advocates ask for quick build projects a lot. There's always this tension between get the right away right now and we're going to hope they improve it later. And then people saying they never improve it later. Uh, the projects will never, they never get upgraded. Yeah, it's a buffered bike lane today. It'll be protected one day, but there's so many other things going on. It never gets upgraded. Um, and I think it just, the city has such a hard time, I think, with quick build projects. We've only had like a few examples. And um, I agree, you know, like when the bike share came out and then also the scooters, there's all these points in time where I think, wow, this will change everything. They'll have to build more infrastructure for all these new users. And it and it seems um, like it's not really happening. And it's, it's kind of infuriating when the city says, uh, we've never had more bike lanes than now, you know, we've built X amount this year and X amount this, you know, this other year, but there's no context for what they, their own goals are to build. They're not meeting their own goals, nowhere close. And what they're, what they're really saying is that the infrastructure we're building is not resilient to the increased number of people driving in the city. Right. That's what's important. Not the incremental progress of the bike stuff that's being built. It's what is it? what's happening overall to the mix of users on the street and is it reflecting that you know incremental progress or whatever because yeah the rate of people driving is not incremental it's going up a lot quicker so. yeah i mean it's not miles are easy to measure but it's not just about miles i think one thing that was very striking in the draft update was that the percentage of women biking was flat right over 10 years we've made no progress in additional women biking in the city and i think that tells a lot about the infrastructure investments that we are not making. Yeah, we were talking about, you know, project delivery times. And it's like, what better moment politically than right now with all this attention on climate? What better moment to like, you know, go to council, go to the public, go to the media and say, hey, we are fast tracking this stuff. We are not going to have our normal process for getting these transportation projects out because they're essential to changing our trip mix and getting more people to stop, you know, to not drive and more people to bike in transit what better time to do it than right now? And they're just like, there's just silence. There's just crickets, really. I mean, they're doing some work on the Rose Lane stuff. Um, but, I, you know, I'm worried about that too, because like we've seen recently, they're doing that almost in some ways at the expense of, of bike, uh, you know, travel. And I don't think they're being as nuanced as they could be about that. But, you know, this would be a great moment for them to speed up project delivery on this stuff. And I just don't, I don't feel like they're taking it yet. So, I agree. We have work to do. I mean, the fact that yeah. when Central City and Motion Pass, which also felt like a, wow, this will change everything when, yeah, when these get exactly. built. The right. fact that they made a bucket that was years five to 10, you know, why do we need a years five to 10? Um, so it's like, we want to help you. <laughs> you know that we, we just really want to help the city succeed at their own goals. We're not asking for anything new. We're just, we're trying to help the city be successful. But we, you know, we can't do that if only one of us is willing to talk about it. <laughs> You know, I didn't personally make up these wild mode share goals that PBOT has put out there into the future. Wait, wait, you say they're wild. I mean, so like just just for folks listening in. So the Portland Bicycle Plan for 2030, mm -hmm. which came out in 2010, at least was adopted in 2010. It said by by 2030, Portland will have a, a bicycle usage rate, sort of a bicycle mode share of 25 percent of the trips made in Portland will be by bicycle. I mean, do, so do you think that's a wild thing to speculate about well certainly wild given the now, given or? the prog the progress you know or the lack of progress um i right. think i think realistically for climate change and for emissions those are 
I think, realistic goals of less cut single occupancy driving in half, but we're certainly not acting like that's the goal. Right. So I, I get how there was this momentum with Commissioner Udaly's office, and, and, and for folks that, that don't know, Commissioner Udaly was in charge of the Portland Bureau of Transportation. That's how the city of Portland's uh, government works. Each of the five commissioners gets uh, handed a certain certain amount of bureaus. So Commissioner uh, Chloe Udaly was in charge of the Transportation Bureau, and from all signs, it looked like her and her staff were uh, moving forward on bicycling, they were sort of starting to get it. They were coming to bike advisory committee meetings and there seemed like there was this momentum. And like you said, yes, COVID hit. I think there were other things going on as well. Do you think, I've, I'm curious though, if you feel that, do you think that there were some other things happening beyond COVID that, that sort of took the wind out of, of the progress oh, yeah. of the bike Even plan? after, because um, this, the, the council hearing got rescheduled to the fall. And when that got kicked off the calendar again, the, reason that time, I think it was after um, the George Floyd murder and all of the racial justice protests in Portland. And the city was, I think, rightfully concerned that the only people that were going to show up at the city council event were white people, were white bike advocates. And um, I think we're certainly aware that that's an issue. Um, that's certainly a very strong narrative in Portland. Portland is not the only city that has um, a lot of white majority transportation advocates, certainly in the bike only space. I think that's different than like transportation or um, pedestrian advocacy. We have this really big narrative here in the city that um, people in bike advocacy are all white people. So you're, you're saying that, and, and, I, and I hear you about that. So there was this thing that was actually scheduled on, on city council for, I believe, like September 2020 mm -hmm, or something mm -hmm. like that. I, I got to say, I remember actually getting a phone call from somebody at Peabot about that. Uh, basically explaining why it was going to be pulled. Essentially, the city was going to to be doing a presentation that would include several things around biking, right? So people like you and I were really excited because we were going to get an update on the bike plan. I think there was going to be some talk about a neighborhood greenway report or something like that. And then there was going to be another actually huge thing that, that we should talk about or talk, talk about on a different episode is um, they were going to finally release their protected bike lane design guide, which has just been lost in the ether. So there was an exciting moment. It was actually called the council bike moment. Uh, so they were probably going to have, you know, Roger Geller, who's the city bike coordinator and other people make these nice presentations. And essentially it would, be, would have been like an educational moment for the, the current sitting uh, commissioners and, and the mayor and that sort of thing. Uh, that, that was also what I heard uh, through the grapevine was um, they were really concerned about the racial optics of that, given the moment we were in uh, as a country and as a city and the very unfortunate narrative that has just, you know, hung over uh, cycling in Portland for many years, way before COVID, way before the George Floyd uh, incident. But uh, yeah, so Peabot got cold feet uh, about that and decided to just uh, put it off. And then I think when they rescheduled it, you daily didn't get reelected. That's so right. We had an election. Yeah, that was another blow. So then it, it never happened. Uh, so there you go. That was a that was definitely a setback. But it's not as if it's not as if cycling in Portland uh, was doing great you know, even years before this, right? I mean, so just for folks that might be new, um, you know, Portland's basically been on a plateau. If not, there have been years of decline, actually. If we're looking at this one U.S. census, how do you bike commute to work number, which is definitely flawed. But for all intents and purposes, the amount of people bicycling in Portland has definitely not been going up ever since, like, I think 2010 or 2011 is when things started to kind of sputter and it's been basically flat. Yeah, I think 2014 was the peak that we saw in the data. Yeah. 
we, we kind of had that small peak, what, 7.2% of people who bike to work in Portland, and it's, it's gone down um, since then. And I also think, strangely enough, the city doesn't really count uh, like they used to, or at least they're not as transparent with the count. So once once those results started not being great every year, suddenly they didn't make a big hullabaloo about releasing uh, the data, which is another interesting topic. So so the bike plan stuff kind of gets set to the back, uh, back burner for sure. Uh, Again, along with a lot of other, I think, bike-related topics at the city, which is, you know, also part of the conversation. But to focus on the bike plan, because it is, you know, it's it's this big, thick, I have it sitting on my desk here, it can, you know, it weighs several pounds. Uh, it's really the, the roadmap for advocates to look at in terms of which projects are promised and which sort of direction the policies are supposed to go. Um, and even though it is definitely outdated... Uh, it's actually uh, embarrassingly outdated if you if you think about where we are, especially on the topic of of um, how people from different backgrounds see cycling and 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 you know people of color uh, and and a lot of the issues that we've talked about around race. The bike plan is almost devoid of any discussion of that. And obviously, if it was produced in in 2020, it would have had voluminous you know chapters on on that issue. So just a, a marked change. Um, but but even so it's there. So there's this question of like, you know, do you think it's even worth trying to resuscitate this thing? Or like, you know, maybe the advocacy community bike loud could take a leading role and say, okay, Peabot, let's, if you're uncomfortable with the bike plan, let's, let's just put it aside and create something new. I mean, how do you think, what do you think is a good way to move forward? Or do you think it's even worth, first, do you think it's even worth trying to breathe new life into this thing well, at this point? I have two main things I want to say about this. Um, and one, right, why do we care so much about the bike plan? I think in terms of transportation as a holistic picture, the bike plan, I think, is kind of the only comprehensive, how are we going to get to this huge mode share goal? There's no car trip reduction plan that I can read on the internet. There's no how we're going to double transit ridership action plan by 2030 that's out there. This, like, the bike plan is it. It is a concrete plan for how the right-of-way in the city can get reallocated away from cars. And it's kind of the, the only thing we have from that. Um, so in that way, like that is one reason why it's important. If the city wanted to do a car trip reduction plan, I would be all for that and say, who cares about the bike plan? This other one is more important. We'll get more people on our side. Go for it. Um, <laughs> but the other thing is, I agree. We talked about that at Bike Loud. Is this a plan worth saving? And I, there are a lot of issues with the bike plan as it's currently written. Um, you know, I think one, it's, it's too commute focused on these long corridors. Um, and you're right, there's not, it, I wasn't at the table. I wasn't even living in Portland when this plan was adopted. I don't know if the right people are at the table. It seems like probably not. <laughs> um, and when you, when, you, when you say commute focus, sorry, when you say commute focus, you mean it's too focused on like the, the trip to work and not like going to the store, seeing Those your friends, the, the social yes. stuff. Yes, and I think that's kind of, I think if you just look at a map, you see these very long corridors throughout the city where we're going to put a bike lane on the whole thing. Something that we were starting to talk about with Udaily's office, and this is kind of where we came in with a recommendation to say, it's clear we're not going to build all this stuff. What stuff do we want to build? That's kind of the conversation about what are the priorities we want. You could, We could build out a network of protected bike lanes that are, you know, just a little one-mile network around high frequency transit or around schools or around grocery stores right and those speak to different needs that different communities might have and that would be really a great conversation to have to get feedback on what things about biking um, 
get different communities excited to bike and where we like where are the points that we intersect and agree um but like we're not we're not there yet it certainly was it was a lot of out loud about of um it was more than bike loud as a volunteer organization scope to kind of do that kind of outreach and i was really hoping the city was going to pick that up you know and kind of have that conversation have focus groups and figure out you know we don't have to scrap the whole thing i think the the thing that we were most nervous about is saying that this plan isn't good and let's kick off another four-year public engagement process for another plan that's also going to sit on the shelf i think that's our our worst fear so it's we're trying to figure out that line of is there energy to redo the plan um because i agree if nobody is taking it seriously there's not much value in it existing right now and into that note you had an opportunity to ask um, the PBOT director, so the person in charge of the Transportation Bureau, who's currently Chris Warner, you had an opportunity to ask him about that just back in July at the Bicycle Advisory Committee meeting. Um, and I wonder if you can respond to kind of like how he responded to you. So I'm going to I'm going to play you that clip so you can hear it and then uh, ask sort of for your response. When is this conversation happening? Because this was supposed to be just a mere status update to city council a year and a half ago, and then a year ago. And as far as I have heard from staff in the past, there's nothing happening. So I'm I'm curious, like very specifically, what are the next steps that's happening with this, so we can move forward? No, no and I get that we've had a lot going on. Uh, you know, I uh, but uh, certainly uh, I will commit to you now. We will uh, revisit that in terms of how we roll it out. I mean, certainly uh, in this kind of, uh, I don't want to make, we didn't want to roll things out in the middle of a pandemic. So how does that hit, you know, hearing it again, how does that sound to you, his, his response? I mean, it didn't change, uh, I guess, my opinion at all. Uh, he committed to nothing, he promised nothing, and he was aware of no activity that he could cite was going to happen in the future specifically. So... And he mentioned... He did say that he committed to you to like meet you after. Like, did anything happen after that meeting? No, That's I mean, notable? I have like 30,000 unread emails, but I'm pretty sure I do not have one um, from Director Warner <laughs> in my inbox to talk. So I have not, also not followed up. Um, it's hard to know how much energy to put into uh, reviving this and make it an issue. You, you kind of mentioned on there like one specific example, like, you know, maybe they could uh, do a piece of sort of bike planning work and just like attach it to the old bike plan. Like you said, biking while black, which is a reference to something the city did with the pedestrian uh, master plan where they did a whole amazing series, like outreach uh, sessions to, to black people and other people of color. And they did some actual walks and they listened to what the perceptions were about walking in the city. So, and that's a, as act activist type people, they actually refer to that work a lot. It actually has a lot of juice to mm -hmm. it. And so that's why you mentioned that. Is there, are there other pieces of work that you think could sort of be bolted onto the old plan uh, to make it relevant again? Do you think that's kind of a way to go forward? Yeah, I think that would be a really good direction to go forward. I mean, the outreach that um, the pedestrian plan got was really great. They did those, those citywide surveys, right? And they did the focus groups because they weren't getting a lot of responses from black community members in Portland. Um, and they identified right those specific issues and that was great i don't know why we can't put the same amount of effort and resources into biking which is supposed to have a much bigger mode share than walking in portland um we have like a much higher hill to climb with biking and i feel like 
Peabot is kind of showing that um, they, they're very easily embarrassed. They're very worried about being embarrassed publicly. And it's okay if we don't have all the answers to like what needs to happen to move forward, but we need to at least be able to talk about it openly. Otherwise, here we are, we're just gonna have the same conversation years from now to say, hey, <laughs> things, aren't, things aren't going well. How are we gonna like pick things back up? I mean, that's what we were looking for in the progress report initially, you know? It's, it's like, the, it seemed to be have very little actions for how we're gonna turn this ship around and get more energy so that's why bike lot said well we can make some suggestions you know we have a bunch of people who have been trying to get bike lanes um, built in portland and have engaged with the staff uh, a lot over the years right and kind of figure out what what are we hearing collectively that are like emerging as um, trends for why we can't get projects built yeah it sounds like you're saying instead of sort of taking the easy route of and if you're peabot instead of taking the route of saying ooh, that's challenging, or ooh, that's a touchy subject, or ooh, we're not quite ready to go there yet. Instead of just saying that, embrace that, but then actually do something or have a way forward. Have a roadmap that says, okay, we're still committed to this thing, which is, in this case, bicycling, and here are the challenges, and we're, this is how we're going to get past these challenges. I mean, that's kind of what, what I hear you're yeah, saying you would I like mean, to see. Yeah, I mean, a status update to, you know, see commissioners right? Commissioner Hardesty wasn't even aware that the 2030 bike plan existed, which really shows to me like no one in, you know, a PBOT staff has cared to tell her about it. Um, they don't really want to address it or engage in it or let, you know, having just a, brief, a quick briefing of like, here's where we are. We don't have to make a two-year public engagement process to like, to have that one meeting of how are things going. This is so important to the climate action plan that the city has to reduce emissions like it's important to portland so it makes it all the more um vexing that we're really just kind of ignoring it until we like figure out how to address it and make it look like a success somehow before we even talk about it publicly yeah it's odd i'm glad you brought up that thing about commissioner hardesty which for folks that, that weren't aware this happened several months ago i think earlier in spring she was at a bicycle advisory committee meeting and the topic of the bike master plan came up and she was she looked you know it was clear in that conversation when she was at the meeting that she hadn't heard of it or no one had briefed her about it and she made it also an unfortunate sort of dismissive comment that the goal of 25 percent mode share is basically not going to happen which was totally like a jaw-dropping moment for like a room full of bike advocates who like who are very committed to making that happen um but it became clear too that it, it wasn't necessarily like you know it definitely wasn't anything malicious on her part or it was more the fact that it became very clear and as we've been talking about given the city's just sort of like lack of confidence let's say like they the city's timidity around cycling so that they have a new commissioner who comes in after a previous commissioner who was really ready to start talking a lot about bicycling, I think, they have a new commissioner come in and Commissioner Hardesty, who's black for folks who don't live in Portland, uh, and they don't even, they didn't even brief her on the bike master plan. It, it's almost as if it was this, this cultural thing at Peabot where there's this understanding that bicycling is either so unimportant or so toxic or so controversial uh, that it just didn't even merit a mention when you brief your new commissioner, which was just shocking, but also very, very telling. And I hope, you know, like a lesson for advocates about like kind of where things stand. Um, so I guess that, that says a lot about like kind of like 
where we have to go next in in Portland and bicycling. It's almost like that that story about Commissioner Hardesty. It, it makes me think that it's going to be hard to resurrect this 2010 document and make it anything that has any kind of political, you know, heft. And as you know, right, Katie, like this is all political. This is not. This is all about politics. And so I'm thinking as I'm talking to you, it's kind of like, okay, it's a nice document. Maybe it has some good technical appendices in it uh, that can be useful, but maybe it is time to just, you know, think of a whole new tact to kind of like move bicycling forward or at least have a hook to hang bicycling on, like, like, you know, something to like, yeah, give it, a, 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 give it an avenue to move forward. That's not the, the bike plan. You know, maybe we should just stop looking at it as this thing that holds all of our hopes and dreams and, but what is that thing that holds our hopes and dreams? What's the, you know, there was this 2012 uh, story on Bike Portland I was researching uh, before talking to you today. And Mia Burke, who is a former bike coordinator, this amazing bike planner, one of the most, you know, innovative people, got the first bike lanes in Portland in the 90s. Um, in 2012, when, when, when Portland was making some headway on getting a bike share system in town, and again, at that time, Mia Burke was president of Alta Bicycle Share, so she was hardly an unbiased observer. But she came out and did an interview with her, and she said that it's going to be bike share that's going to take us to the 2030 vision. I thought and so, it's gonna too. And it's going to be these I've... share bikes. <laughs> I kind of did too, to be honest. I thought I thought it would just be such an example. And so that's what Mia Burke thought. You know, apparently Katie Gould, that's what you thought as well. But do you see anything else on the horizon that might be this transformative thing that will help get us there? I mean, maybe it was the central and city motion plan, which was going to do protected bike lanes. But I feel like that's been sort of like uh, superseded by Rose Lane projects because transit's more politically easy for Peabot. They're not as afraid of transit as they are of biking. And so you don't really hear about the central city motion project. But is there anything uh, that you can think of that would be another thing to put our hopes and dreams into? Yeah, there's kind of a, a j joke. Um, you know, it takes like so much work to adopt a plan and no public process to not do it. <laughs> um, and I like, you know, before COVID was happening, we're, you know, we had that uh, bike loud had the rally um, on the anniversary of the bike plan. We thought what's next. And we thought, Oh, maybe we could have like a mock city council hearing. Uh, about like to not, uh, you know, to formally disadopt the bike plan, say we're not doing it, uh, was like a funny idea. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, well, COVID hit, but um, in a way, like poor, it just, it makes me so sad, Jonathan, the people who spent years of their lives working on this, volunteering their time, and then for it not to get implemented. And it just, it happens all the time. And it makes me really hesitant to say, yeah, I'm really enthusiastic on getting involved in like the Blake Plan 2.0. Um, and in a way, the city is redoing a bunch of this work with these in motion plans, right? That we have these district in motion plans that are saying, hey, let's build a bike facility here and a transit facility there. And in some way, it's, it's really good because it's more inclusive of the other modes. But also, it, it's like the routes and the designations of what roads were supposed to be bike streets before in the transportation system plan or in the 2030 bike plan are almost like they feel like they're not even relevant to the in-motion plans anymore. Um, so uh, it would be easier, I think, if there was a vote to just say we're not we're not going to do the bike plan anymore, <laughs> because then we talk about, well, what comes what comes next? Right. Do we need to invest in more in-motion plans? Um, if so, it seems like we need to be able to do more than one at a time, right, for the geographical areas of the city, right, so we can get more comprehensive plans together. Um, hmm. So maybe maybe it's, a, maybe it's a Portland in motion effort that, that 
brings in all the all the geographic they're plans. doing north portland in motion right now like i live in hollywood there's no in motion plan that's come close to my boundaries right it's a major commercial hub major transit hub um but there's not a single protected bike lane over here and there's not planned to be <laughs> um so so yeah the in motion plans i feel like they do kind of have potential but they are like watered down from, I think, the original vision of how Portland was going to be a bicycling city. I think having conversations around um, little networks of protected bike lanes around um, certain types of facilities like uh, high frequency transit or schools would be, uh, I think, a really good strategy. Um, but that's just, you know, that's just my opinion. Well, I appreciate your opinion. Thanks for talking. It's it, this is like really helpful for me to just jog all of my brain cells around the bike plan and like the importance of either ditching it moving forward or just kind of like, you know, shaking us out of this, this cycling stupor that we're in. So I appreciate you talking to me and I appreciate um, your continued membership on the Bicycle Advisory Committee. Hopefully that's there to stay for a bit longer. You know, if there's like one place that it seems like we should be able to have those conversations is on that committee, right? To say like, what is the vision for bicycling moving forward? So like I told, uh, you know, Director Warner, we've been, you know, we've been primed for two years, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, here's the status and um, really like to see what comes next. I mean, also, this isn't a problem that I think is uniquely specific to Portland. I think other cities have um, similar challenges of adopting transportation plans that don't get implemented um, fully or implemented at all. If we can fix it here, then maybe it'll help other cities and other places. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Great. Well, thanks for having me on your show, Jonathan. See you, Katie. All right. Bye. That was Katie Gould, a member of Portland's Bicycle Advisory Committee. You can follow her on Twitter at citizen underscore Kate with a C. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please leave a review and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And a special thanks to all our subscribers and supporters who make this podcast possible. Until next time, I'll see you in the streets.